0: On today's Locked on Texan podcast, Houston suffers another injury on the defensive side of the ball. How can Houston bounce back from losing another starting player? Coach,
1: how do you feel this team has been able to adjust to all the injuries that you guys have? Because, you know, you guys sit at 0-2, but the majority of the struggles is due to losing
2: some really good players. Yeah, we don't make excuses or mistakes about injuries, right? If you're out there, you got to do your job. That's what. So we all get paid to do. We're professionals. You're out there, do your job. We would love to have all of our guys back, but it's something you deal with. And it's next man up mentality, and that's an opportunity for whoever that is, right, who gets the opportunity to go in the game is the opportunity to showcase, all right, what can you do, right, to help our team win the game. So injuries are opportunities.
1: You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome, welcome in Texan fans out there to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel official sports book of locked on make every moment more right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started if you are one of our new listeners thank you for checking out today's show make sure that you subscribe like and comment shout out to all of our returning listeners as we continue to talk texans on this tuesday Every day, I'm your Texas football analyst, John Some Sports Guy Hickman. And of course, joining me as always is your personal Texas credential media member, sports illustrators mm, own, mm, the head shaker himself, mm. Cody Davis. We got to look at the future for the AFC South quarterbacks as we got a little taste, a little taste the first two weeks of the NFL season of what the AFC South could potentially look like. With Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence, and C.J. Stroud here in Houston. Learning experience for the linebacker group. Got some interesting numbers that we want to present to you guys. But there's no way we're starting off today's show without talking about Tavier Thomas, who sustained a broken hand Sunday's matchup versus <laughs> the coach, Cody. The news oh, broke man. midday Monday. A lot of you guys saw the news. Now we got to talk about it. <laughs> hand breaking another player hand broken. Oh my god. Another player heading to the IR list for Houston, presumably. Uh that makes Jimmy Ward out. Jalen Petrie out. Now you look at Tavier Thomas out. You also got to look at look at some of the depth for Houston. Blake Cashman, Neville Hewitt on the offensive side of the ball. Looking at the banged up offensive line, Juice Grugs mm. kicking it off in the middle. Kenyon Green, he's going to be out for the entire year. Laramie Tuncil, he missed Sunday's matchup. Titus Howard doesn't come back until week five since he's placed on IR. Scott Questenberry, who started the year off on IR mm. due to the MCL and ACL injury. Uh, there's so much going on with that makeshift <laughs> offensive line. Noel Brown also on the IR. What I'm getting at is this is another blow to this Texans roster, a roster that isn't already well placed together. It doesn't have a lot of, you know, explosiveness or the depth isn't there in terms of players that you can trust to come in and make plays. Mm -hmm. But Now you're looking at another blow to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Cody, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah man another injury Javier Thomas and everything that you said is why I'm sitting here shaking my head and but John listeners and viewers as you got heard on yesterday's show and as you heard it again today um Costa Mico Rhymes would not use injuries as an excuse next man up mentality now john we're looking at a situation where we're definitely going to see our guy grail and arnold really get get an opportunity to see if he can help this team um not only break a two-game losing streak but to win their very first game of the 2023 campaign and look i get that javier thomas wasn't the best nickel um if you ask me and John, I think you and everybody else would probably agree with this statement. If I'm making my 53-man roster and I'm looking at my, my my nickel cornerback and it came down between Thomas and Desmond King, I'm definitely going with Desmond King and that's no disrespect to Tavier Thomas. But, you know, both of those guys, they have been solid foundational pieces for this organization over the last two years. But Desmond King was always a step ahead of Thomas, if you ask me in my opinion. However, I kind of look at this from a situation releasing Desmond King was a mistake, you know, not only from a talent perspective, but now you're looking at a standpoint where the Texans will definitely have to depend on a guy like Graylin Arnold, who I think is going to be, is going to be pretty decent. However, I just hate knowing that he's going to have his number called, on a week where you are going to go up against Trevor Lawrence, one of the fastest rising quarterbacks in this league and an offense that's starting to put it together. And I think that's going to hurt the Houston Texans defense, a defense where look, even if you get Jalen Petrie back nine times out of 10, you still might not have um, Jimmy Ward back. So there's just a lot of moving parts. That's really not fair to the Houston Texans. However, man, Losing Taviera Thomas, man, what I hate most about it is just that experience, plain and simple.
0: Phyllis definitely got in the way, but now we got to look at how Houston can move forward. Got a couple of names to throw out there to see if that works. And so, Cody, I want to look at first, Graylin Arnold. During the preseason, played in a total of 96 snaps, five tackles, four of six passes completed for 39 yards. Played a total of 10 snaps at nickel back in 2020. He played majority of his snaps for the Eagles at the nickel position as well. Played two snaps at nickel this Sunday. There's also DeAndre Houston Carson. Only allowed four yards on one catch Sunday. Fun fact, Houston Carson has been in the league for seven years, so he kind of came out of nowhere for me. Houston also has Jacoby Francis, who is still on the practice squad in two preseason games for Houston. He played a total of 41 snaps at the nickel of the three targets. He only allowed one for 31 yards. And unless Houston looks to bring back Cameron Dansler, mm-hmm. who played some good football for Houston, they – I, I really do doubt it – but they will not look outside of their team and spin beyond their means. They haven't shown to do so to this point, and I'm not optimistic that it will happen now. In this case, due to injuries – to Eric Murray, Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie, I think the best idea right now, the best move, is leaving Graylin Arnold at safety. I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to go. But looking to bring up Jacoby Francis excuse me, from the practice squad, uh, considering I don't think that they'll look outside of that team. Now, again, outside of the team. Now, again, if Cameron Dansler is a guy that they really did like, which they, they did, I was kind of surprised that he was cut. Uh, maybe they get in contact with him to bring him in, but as of right now, with your your next game in six days, right, five days from now, I think the best decision is bringing up Jacoby Francis from the practice squad uh to help fill that void, and Jacoby Francis played some fairly good nickel for Houston. Granted, it was against maybe second stringers, maybe third stringers, maybe guys that was barely on their last string for teams that they were playing against, but he did look well, and he's a guy that at the very least knows the scheme, knows what D'Amico Ryans wants to accomplish on defense and what the approach for that nickel position should be moving forward. So the best idea, guys, Jacoby Francis, call him up, right, and, and make sure that because of the other injuries, to safety. Like if Jimmy Ward was on the field, Jalen Peters on the field, Murray was on the field, I'd be okay. But you still need some depth at the safety position, which was an issue for Houston this past Sunday.
1: Yeah, and I also want to mention this as well. Um, when the 53-man roster was set, and Coach D'Amico Ryan's was asked about the depth at that nickel position, he did mention Grill and Arnold's name as a guy who could um fill in if if needed. And I don't know if a guy breaking his hand would not, I don't know how that will not fall under if he's needed to fill in a void at that nickel position. <laughs>
0: Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during unexpected times. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medications in an emergency. Jace case makes sure that you have the medication on hand Jace Case is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting the life-saving antibiotics with Jace Case plus an additional $20 off by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at JaceCase.com. That is Medical.com promo code locked on and also snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 bonus bets and bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Ah, I think you can't beat that. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit fanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back in, locked on Texans listeners and viewers. So we got to look at the linebacker group, right? The linebacker group did not have the best of days against the Indianapolis Colts. And it got worse whenever Gardner Minshew stepped in for the injured Anthony Richardson. He just sliced and diced between a secondary and a second level for Houston. Made it super easy on him um, on the offense. And, again, there was no pressure to kind of make his job a little bit harder. But the linebacker group, this was their numbers on the day. They went 13 of 13, passes completed. So every pass that went their way, it was completed for 88 yards, 74 yak yards, according to PFF. Uh, and also they had a very difficult time. The entire defense had a very difficult time uh, holding Josh Downs. He was quality the coach secret weapon on Sunday. Second most on targets and first downs accounted for. But looking at the linebacker group, again, if you guys remember my comments from Monday's show, there were times throughout the game when I'm thinking to myself, man, where is Christian Harris? And 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 I do want to take a moment to say this again, it might get killed. Uh-oh. But uh there were no, but there were players that, and rightfully so, were hyped up throughout this offseason, throughout this preseason, throughout this training camp that were first or second-year players coming into this year that were not challenged at their position. There was no adversity at their position. There wasn't somebody necessarily brought in that could compete for their starting role. And we're seeing guys not take the leap that we were expecting to see, granted it is, through the first two weeks of the season. So later this week, Cody and I will talk about Damian Pierce. But for today, we're looking at Christian Harris, who was basically all... Uh, all no-show on Sunday. Guys, whether it was dropping back and getting into the right space in coverage, which didn't do a great job of, whether it was coming down and attacking gaps, which didn't do a great job of, when you're looking at not only Christian Harris but the linebacker group in total, but specifically Harris, And in fairness to the linebackers, it was – easy for the Colts' offensive line to get to the second level because the pressure from the interior position was non-existent, which I think made it difficult for the edge, and I said that on Monday. But with offensive linemen already in your face, there were times where as a linebacker you wanted to see them shed off and make a play, shed off the block, maybe rip through it, just get around them and make a play. That just did not happen. The intensity from Christian Harris I think lacked on Sunday. And the leap that, you know, the fighting during training camp was great. You know, getting into the face of other players was great. But we did see moments from Christian Harris where we thought to ourselves the coverage from him looked better. The speed from sideline to sideline looked better. But overall, where was all of that on Sunday? And we're just two weeks into the season. I think that's an issue. I think that's an issue that needs to be addressed from – your head coach was a previous linebacker of this franchise. Denzel Perriman is a guy that I think played well. He's an up-and-age linebacker, but he has proven to be Houston's best linebacker through two weeks. And honestly,
1: guys, I think that's a problem. I agree that it's a problem, John, but I I think Sunday was more so the inexperience that we saw out of the Texans linebacker, Um, especially Christian Harris, because look, I understand he's in his second season, but Sunday only marked his 14th career game, which means he has yet to play a full season in the NFL. And the one thing that I kept wondering, and look, they didn't even look that good against Anthony Richardson as as, as well. However, they got they looked 10 times worse once Gardner Minshew got in, John, you just mentioned it. They got worse when Minshew got in. They looked at like Minshew. Minshew looked like he was in biology class dissecting a fraud. That's how much he literally just dissected the Texan second level. However, I wonder how much did the injury to Anthony Richardson, and all of a sudden you have a pocket present quarterback like Gardner Minshew, kind of shook up that linebacking core, especially your young guys and christian harrison henry t and i only say that because these are still first and second year players in the national football league and they spent the entire week getting ready getting trained preparing for anthony richardson and within of uh, uh within what the second of third a third series for the colts Gardner mintu has stepped in and the play style between Richardson and Gardner Menchu is so different to the point. I'm wondering if they was just trying to adjust on the fly and it just did not work. And I'm thinking when you take a look at how bad the linebackers played against the Colts, I definitely believe that it's more so the inexperience that a lot of those guys have. And speaking of the inexperience, Coach Miko Ryan's actually talked about getting his team ready. And he even talked about him being a former linebacker, what he can do to teach these guys.
2: For the linebacker core, uh, for me the out, and we have to have to coach them better. Uh, it wasn't wasn't good enough, uh, and from start to finish, they have to do a much better job uh, when it comes to just being where we're supposed to be in coverage. When it comes to tackling in the hole, like it has to be much better for us to play good defense.
1: This is the prime example of something that I was extremely excited about with Coach D'Amico Ryans coming in as the head coach of the Houston Texans. I've read constantly about the players that he helped in San Francisco. I've read constantly about him being a DC coach, what I like to call him, John, a developmental coach. And this is what I want to see. I want to see if coach Miko Ryan truly have that nap to help and teach a lot of these young guys, especially at that linebacker position. And this is something that I'm definitely going to make sure I keep my eyes on, not just for Sunday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and a rising quarterback once again, in Trevor Lawrence, but throughout the rest of the season, I want to see if the issues that we saw Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts, will yeah. that carry over? And yeah. if it does, then we definitely going to have another type of issue. I think –
0: and, again, I'm focusing back on Christian Harris simply because my expectations for that young man was kind of high. But I think, you know, getting into the lab with him on their practice field this year and getting him to understand athletically you're there, but you need to do a better job of shedding off blocks. And we're not seeing the sideline – well, we didn't against – the Coats. So I thought he was I thought he was fairly good uh, against the Ravens. So let me not knock him too hard. But against the Coats, didn't see a lot of the sideline to sideline speed and intensity that <laughs> it was a part of that package when you were drafted. <clears throat> and now under D'Amico Ryan. So we didn't see a lot of that. But I think my overall takeaway from Christian Harris, who, you know, by the way, uh, right now, according to PFF, I know a lot of you guys may like this. I'm a fan of it to a certain extent, but his run defense right now is just under 28. (laughs) Not necessarily good.
1: Not necessarily. That ain't (laughs) good. (laughs) good, Right? (laughs) Not good.
0: But just being able to impact the game more. We know that you have the skill set, but being more physical as a linebacker, being able to take some of these blocks on and bounce off, and create the play, get some tackles for loss, maybe a couple of stops, had no stops on Sunday, no play from his position, I mean, from his from, from his playing uh, where the defense failed to move the ball forward or failed to execute on their play. Didn't have any stops. So this is already a thin line backer group. You guys are probably tired of hearing me say that because that was an issue of mine. If one player went down, or if one player was not performing well consistently, who's going to step in? There is nobody there. Same for Damian Pierce, who we'll get to. There is no other option. So the guys that are starting, you just need for them to play better. I'm looking forward to seeing how Christian Harris bounced back in week three. Prospects, Prospects. My favorite app, Prospects, right now, guys. Prospects offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday today. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And Prize Picks also offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits on your account this football season. It is super simple. It's super easy. Just place your entry for maybe if you believe Justin Jefferson is going to have more or less than 100 yards receiving. Or if you think Lamar Jackson, if he's going to have one of those MVP games like Lamar Jackson can have, you take the over on one passing TD. Simple, easy. Place your entry within 60 seconds or less. And now Prospects has it to where you can win up to 25 times your money. So listen, check this out. Get on your phone. Because I know you don't want to do it at work on your computer. Get on your phone, download, or go to slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. Again, go to slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. <laughs> Welcome back in, locked on Texan listeners and viewers. So, we got CJ Stroud here in the AFC South playing for the Houston Texans. Got Anthony Richardson. You, you, you got Trevor Lawrence, right? But really quick, who's the oh. better
1: quarterback of all time, Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick? Please, please let us know. Please let us know. And just so you know, I'm team Michael Vick, playing it simple.
0: I'm team MVP, Lamar Jackson. But Tanner in this division. He's, you know, the older guy. He's the grandpa of the division. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Sunshine. You got Anthony Richardson. You got C.J. Stroud, the future for the AFC South quarterbacks. And Tennessee still has to figure out mm-hmm. what they have in Malik Willis, what they have in uh, Will Levis. They got to figure that situation out soon. But the overall landscape, of the AFC South, I think is looking a whole lot better now with the addition of the two rookies and Trevor Lawrence ascending upward the future. How does the future feel for you guys? How does the future feel for you, Cody?
1: Um, It's going to be fun. You know, the one thing, the main thing that I hated about, well, there was a lot of things that I hated about Sunday's game, but one of the things that I hated about Sunday's game was the fact that we only got to see Anthony Richardson for only two series, man. But the two series that he did play, man, I, I, I looked at Richardson and I said to myself, yeah, this young man is going to be something special. It, hopefully, he could find a way to stay healthy. Remember, John, that was something that I was talking a lot about going into the Texans' uh, Week Two contest against the Indianapolis Colts. How the Jacksonville Jaguars and their respective season opener, how people in Indianapolis wanted to see Anthony Richardson just go out there and kind of protect himself. And you saw how good he looked. In those two drives that he played but unfortunately he had the concussion was out for the rest of the game and I even hate it even more because that is probably the only time I'm going to have an opportunity to see him live in person um at least for this season unless I go to Indianapolis which I don't really think that's going to happen but um it's just another reminder that the AFC South which has been considered one of, if not the weakest division in the NFL for, let's say, the last three to four seasons now. If you um, go back a little further. Remember, the division winner at
0: one point <laughs> doesn't matter. Brian, <laughs> ninety-seven AFC South nine ten. back, so it to, back. Matter. So <laughs> back
1: go to back. Back to back decade at least. <laughs> yeah, but I would say, I think, give it, let's say, in the next three to four years, when we really start to see. Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and whatever Tennessee got going on. But at least the teams that already have their quote-unquote franchise quarterback as of right now, I think the AFC South has the potential to be one of, if not the most competitive division in the league, the way things shaping up, And, you know, Sunday's game is going to be another testament to that because we are entering um, year three of Trevor Lawrence, and he got Calvin Ridley. And it seemed like that their offense is really starting to get it it together. I understand that they lost on Sunday, but I just think that the AFC South is definitely in for something special. And that's fun because, John, you just mentioned, you go back to a decade, probably what? Even a little bit longer than that, because during the time Peyton Manny he dominated this, this division for a long time. Um, but then in the 2010s, it was like, okay, it's the Houston Texans turn. Okay, it's Tennessee turn. It's Jack. Well, Jacksonville really didn't have a turn. They just had that one random year. But you know, I, I just I just think, man, the future for this division is really, really bright. I think so as well. By the way,
0: I do want to address the garbage time stats, that conversation. So Sunday alone, Sunday alone, guys, the Commanders were down double digits early. The Giants were down huge early, down 20 points, (laughs) right? At one point, I think it was 28 to, to zero in the third quarter. And you saw Daniel Jones finish that game out with 321 yards and three TDs. You saw Russell Wilson, not the Russell Wilson, but you saw the commanders, uh, Sam Howell. They scored 35 points for the first time since forever. And you see Sam Howell go out there. Shout out to Eric Biendman. He throws for 300 yards and two TDs, right? Garbage time stats, I mean, it's it's a thing. But understand, outside – of like the last four minutes, early in the game, Houston was still in the game, honestly. And if that holding penalty did not negate Tank Dell's first touchdown, hmm. you're looking at a team that's down, I think, 13 at that point, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe 10, I can't remember exactly. Why are you guys not happy for your rookie quarterback <laughs> breaking the record for this franchise when a lot of you – have either begged for a rookie quarterback, a franchise quarterback since the last franchise quarterback said, I got to get up out of here, or you're just not realizing that he is the better quarterback this franchise has seen in the past two years, and I think he has potential to be the best quarterback in franchise history. I don't get it. I don't get guys getting mad at the rookie quarterbacks for having fun. I don't get guys getting mad that CJ and company continue to fight despite of, right? Mm -hmm. Two games in a season, you guys are already mad. (laughs) Don't understand it. Make sure you guys continue to check out the Locked on Texas podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked on Texas. Give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman
1: 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24 and use that same tag to follow me on Thread. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.